Good evening, everybody. It's always an introductory meeting, which is great for the new people. So, have anybody seen Zen Bitch Lab, the website? You heard some of it? Yes? No? Yes? Yes? No? All right, some of it. Well, let me just present a couple of terms. One of them is selfing. We went over there. And it doesn't matter if you heard it last night. It's not the hearing of it. It's something that gets impressed through the words. Yes? If you catch the words, you may miss the message. That's the other words. So, and repetition is very helpful. Because we, we're in time, and it's, you know, we're not in time, but there's time going on. And one of the poisons of time is repetition. So, you can use it as an antidote. Yeah? So, this message is an invitation. It's not a dissertation. So, it's really an invitation. It's not a long, drawn-out affair. It's just basically pointing out something that's obvious, and hopefully it'll become obvious not to you, but as you. And so instead of looking from the you, the sense of being a long-lasting... Can you hear me back there? The long-lasting, independent, separate entity? You'll see it. You'll see... And what you'll see is nothing, because there's nothing there, but you'll see all the activities that are being used to imply that you're a someone. So the mental state is using every faculty that goes on, the thinking, the feeling, the acting, the actions, and it's using them all by claiming them to imply that there's a doer, right? The feeler, the seer, the thinker, the hearer, the taster, the toucher. So there is seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, and touching, but the mental state actually, by its claiming it, it interprets it and now says there's the seer seen, the hearer heard, the, you know, the smell of smelt, and then the emphasis goes on the one yeah, who's having the experience instead of the whole event. So one is, you could break it down to life is happening, and the other is an interpretation, life's happening to me. That's really what's going on. And it can never have happened, but it can go on, you see? It's always being offered, but it never culminates as a self. You never will be, or have been, a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. But you can seem to be one. And the key word is the power of what we are, which is, the word seemingly, is that everything appears to be true or false to us. Or as the Course of Miracles would say, that you and I give everything all the meaning it has. So we play, without knowing it, we're playing a huge role here. We are actually the dreaming of this event. Now, it's not a dream, because that would mean it was something. It's an act of dreaming. So we are right now in the act of dreaming. And it never stops until we pass away. The act of dreaming, seemingly, is the body. So as soon as, when the projector kaputs, then there's no movie. But the projector isn't projecting the movie without the light, and the light is what we are. So the light, undifferentiated light, in a way, comes through this little kaleidoscopic lens system, and it gets differentiated. So we see the undifferentiated as everything. And then, in a way, by seeing it as everything, all different things, we lose the sense of the undifferentiated light. So the Course of Miracles would say, if you ever haven't seen it, it's an interesting download. The Course of Miracles would say, and to me this uh, is like a diagram or a, a skeletal 
presentation of everyone's day here, which is you and I are the dreaming. He says the dreamer, but I don't like nouns. You know? I don't think there's a noun to be found anywhere. <laughs> so you and I are dreaming, and we forget that we're dreaming. And that, to me, seems like an impossibility. So, but uh, that's what really clicked my interest. So how is it that we seem to forget that we're dreaming? Because we can't forget that we're dreaming, because we're the dreaming. But we can seem to forget. In other words, it can seem like we have forgotten. That's what all, the, all time is about, is having things that are impossible can seem to be possible in time. Yeah? That's why time is one. Time and space are the main platforms of dreaming. Without time, you need time to see something, and you need space for that thing to appear. So this is the dreaming of mind, big M mind, big M mind. Yeah? So here, you and I are dreaming this dream. Now we forget that we're dreaming. And I believe the seeming forgetfulness is a produced event. It never can happen, but it can seem to have happened. Yes, this is the freaking key. The best way out of uh, an imaginary problem is basically realizing it's imaginary. (laughs) That's the easiest escape. It takes no time, no planning. You don't have to get a lot of gear. You get out of something you're not in. It's a beautiful, and you'll hit the immediacy of it will come over you, and you'll finally get weaned off of the teeth of time, and you'll realize that timeless quality is what you are here. You are what you're looking for. So, all right, you and I are dreaming this dream. Hey, we forget that we're dreaming. So in that state, what happens? Well, in that state, we give everything we're dreaming the power to affect us. That's what's happening. So we're dreaming thoughts, and now the thoughts, through the auspices of that feeling of being mine, can ruin my day. As this, yes. Circumstances and situation that I'm dreaming now override me all day. I become a victim of circumstances and situation, instead of realizing in the act of outshining them. Not that you have the quality of outshining them, you are outshining them. But we just don't know it. Yeah? because we have forgot that we're dreaming, and we've taken ourselves to be the dreamt. And in this, we have now given everything we're dreaming the power to affect us. And that's what happens all day. So, there is no self, there is no long-lasting, independent, separate entity, but there is implying of it. So, I call it selfing. And Ramana Maharshi, a great master, if you read some of his stuff, it's mentioned in almost all of it, and sometimes it's called the problem or whatever. You know, the problem is a pretty good indication. It's sort of near the source. Yeah, the problem, not a problem. And it, and he says, what's happening is there's a presupposing. Now, what's doing the presupposing, which is the mental state? It's coming from big mind. Everything is, but the mental state is doing the presupposing that we're a non-existent thing, that we're a body. Yeah. That's, its, that's its assumption it's assuming we're a body and when it assumes we're a body it just doesn't do that it assumes that you were a body before everything else so it's a presupposing so it plays with time that, like we don't believe we can play with time we're seemingly uh, stuck to a structure of linear time but the mental state doesn't play that game The mental state, the idea of being you, is built. It's a process. It's an implying, a referring, and a suggesting. That takes time. 
But when it hits the mark and it convinces what we are, that we're that, yeah, then it presupposes itself to be the one before everything. So now, instead of sensing conscious contact as the base and starting point of our life, we believe we're the one who's conscious, as a body. That's the presupposing. Consciousness is, what's in contact here isn't us, it's through us. Consciousness is in contact here. Consciousness is in contact. It's seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. We're the vehicle of that happening. The eye is not seeing. It facilitates seeing. The ear is not hearing. It facilitates hearing. The ear can go bad, but that which is hearing doesn't go bad. Have you noticed, Wendy, do you get tired by Thursday of seeing too much, really? You know? You've been seeing all day, aren't you? You know, breaking a sweat by now. I've seen so many freaking things all day. But because it sounds like when we're the seer, there's some effort or thought involved. But really, when it, when what is seeing is being seeing, there's no thought or effort in being. There is none. So we never run out of seeing, do we? And then you can take a vow, I'm not going to see a bird today. And if your eyes are open, looking out a window, and a bird flies by, you saw the bird, almost involuntarily. You would have sworn, I'm not seeing a bird. But you actually have no power, because there's an assumed power, because there's the belief you're before it, and therefore you should have some control. But you're not. You're an afterthought. That's why when people say, oh, I, I, I didn't want to have that feeling. The feeling came first, and then the mental reaction is, I didn't want to have it. But you're in a powerless position, because it's already happened. This is the presupposing. What comes after implies it's before. And then it reads this whole, the whole trip here from that false view, from that false reference. Therefore, nothing makes sense. That's what drives a lot of people crazy. They assume they're the thinker, but the thoughts don't seem to be obeying the thinker. You know what I mean? But there's an assumption, if you're the doer of something, like I'm running, I'm doing running, and then I can stop. Yeah? Usually, you know, I'm reaching, but then I stop reaching. But when have you ever stopped thinking? It's going over things 20 years ago that probably never even happened. It's like relentless. You can't call off the dogs. Because it's biting your ass all freaking day. It's turned against you. What you dreamt is now freaking controlling and affecting you. What came after, comes after. When we were kids, babies, if we ever were one, it's proven in science now. There was, no se- there was no sense of self to maybe 12 or 18 months. And usually some research believes the sense of self coincides with the arising of the language center. Because the language is the total supporting of the sense of self. Without language, there would be the, self, the sense of self would not have imaginary legs to stand on. Because all day, the thought system is implying, assuming, suggesting, presupposing that we're a body. When you're thought about, you're thought about as a body. When you're remembered, you're remembered as a body. Because you can't picture spirit three weeks ago. You can't get, it was about seven foot eight, you walk by you. No, you know, you can't, you can't recognize spirit other than being spirit. You can't see it, you can't smell it, you can't taste it, you can't touch it. But the body can be thought about ad nauseum, you know. 
on and on. And it's not sufficient that it's using now to think about it, but the field that it's produced to really get into it is the, the past and the future. And the future is like a never-ending, you know, mental masturbation time period. You know, you just go on and on because in what's not happening, anything can happen. <laughs> Whatever the heck you come up with, you can, oh, I'm going to have cancer. You don't have cancer, but you're going to have cancer in what's not happening. And then, and if there's faith and devotion to the thought system, it's going to feel like you have cancer now. Have you ever seen people who get, they're actually pretty fine, and then they get the diagnosis they have cancer, and they look like shit in one hour. As soon as they heard the word, it just created a whole huge effect. They look great. I mean, an hour before. What happened? You know what I mean? Was it an incitation? They diagnosed it just when it showed up? No. They probably had cancer for a while, but they were in ignorant bliss of it. Suddenly, you have cancer. It's sort of like what George did to sharks. You know? People, I saw a live shark surfing one day, and I swear to God, I reacted like being in that movie. Fucking George. That's the conditioning. <laughs> There's a lot of power going on here, a huge amount of power, and what's directing it is insane. It's a failed system. It wants to spend tons of time thinking about you as a body yesterday and tomorrow. And the only place a thought can occur is now, but it never values the now it's occurring in. Do you want that to be your GPS? Do you want that to do you, you know, do you want to take your your noble like desire to be happy, joyous, and free, and punch it into that, and follow its maps. I've done it, and I ended up in jail every freaking night. I want to be happy, joyous, and free. And I stopped, got some coke, go here, go. Then I was in jail, and the next day, knowing I was in jail the night before, I, I, I hit the same key. Okay, great one, tell me how to get happy. I go to jail again. It was insane. So the the. It's a failed system. Relying on self is a failed system in recovery and from recovery. And recovery, the big book of AA should be read by everyone, to tell you the truth. I mean, it's a shame that it's been niched into only recovery because everyone's recovering from something. And there are some of the clearest takes you'll ever hear of the problem or the seeming problem. In the big book of recovery, they say self, being convinced that self, manifested in various ways, is what has defeated us. It's a beautiful statement, really. Self, manifested in various ways, in other words, it's it's appeared in many, many ways in our lives, has defeated us. And it's so beautiful because it separates us and self. And the whole point, one of the points of these talks is that you can picture what you're calling you as something foreign. Because that's the beginning of relief from it. You have to see it as something other than you to entertain freedom from it. If you don't, you'll be entertaining freedom as it, and it will not lead to freedom. It'll lead to slavery. It'll use spiritual practices to enslave you just as it would addiction to drugs. So it says, being convinced which means to believe with certainty 
that self, this activity, manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. We will now look at its common manifestations in our life. So its is self. Yeah? So we're going to look, the investigation isn't going to be about us anymore. It's going to be about this foreign installment, this parasite. So let's just check it out. And then you'll see, if it's not you, you know the problem from the solution. If you, if you wake up to the inherent fact that you are free from self, it's not, a, it's not something that gets produced. It's actually the prior state. Yeah? You are not freed after the bondage. The real freedom of bondage is before. You see that there was no one ever to be bound. That's how, that's the freedom. Yes? It's prior. The mental state wants to imply it's prior, but it's afterwards. Yeah? It has no source of power. It's living on reflection of our juice through identification as it really. That's that's fueling all of its master plans about thinking about us all day and residing in what's not happening. And it's become pretty damn successful. Because a lot of people tonight will be here and let's say they're really upset, but I guarantee it has nothing to do about tonight. It's all about something that happened last week or earlier in the day or what you're thinking is going to happen next week. That's called being displaced. That's an interpretation of living. And therefore, for me, it dries up so much. There's an irritable restlessness and discontent. And then I'm apt as this to do almost anything to get a little bit of relief. And I'll do the same freaking insane thing over and over and over again because I'm insane. (laughs) Because the imperative is I've got to get out of here. And the point is you cannot transcend an imaginary place. If this place is taken to be real and you're taken to be real, that is the end that you're calling something you want to get out of. That's how you're in it, is trying to get out of it. How the reality of an imaginary place is when you, as reality, think it's real. That's the only hold it has on you. If you follow the things that the Course is implying, that you and I give everything all the meaning it has, and in recovery we have a lot of acronyms, and one of them is fear, false evidence appears real. And I would say, how can false evidence appear real unless it appears real to what's real? And where what's real? How can false evidence appear real? It has no reality in it at all. But it can appear real to what is real, and I'm saying we're reality. What's looking at it here and there and there is the same same. And it is prior to the body, it's prior to thought, it's prior to everything. It is not something that you as a body are doing, it's being. That's the beauty. If you look at conscious contact, it does not display any thought or effort. It's being what it is, which is conscious. So if something arises in its field or spectrum, it sees it. it there's no effort to see it, because it's, a, it's being is awareness, consciousness. It's just being what it is. Therefore, no effort and thought is being exerted at all. But when we try to be consciousness as a body, it seems to demand a lot of thought and effort and vigilance and maintenance because you are that which you're looking for. But at that point, you're looking from what you're not. So it says, I've got to do myself into being conscious. And it's gone to some incredibly absurd lengths. 
And a lot of books have been sold on some of the impossibilities we take to be possible about let's, how to be in the moment. You know what I mean? How to be in the moment. And I bet you no one's ever read the whole book all the way through. <laughs> you just started, then you ordered the second one. How to really be in the moment. And then you just say, I'm, not, I'm just going to jump the third and fourth and go to how to really, really be in the moment. But it's all predicated on an insane impossibility that you could be out of a moment. There is no moment without you. You are it. Yeah. So this insane of trying to get into something we can't be out of, and then conversely, trying to get out of something we can't be in. We're trying to get out of the long-lasting independent. Every time I shot dope was trying to get out of that. That's all. That was the thing. Get out of me. Yeah. So we're trying to get out of what we can't be in which is a self. We are not a self, nor will we ever be a self. All there is is selfing. That's inferring and implying you are, but can never build the beast. You are the holographic image maker. You buy the invitation, and then you picture, the big M mind pictures itself as a body. And then then, this whole place goes off. Now that which is invulnerable is under attack, basically. So... This is supposed to be a non-duality meeting. But non-duality means not two. And it doesn't mean there's one. It just means not two. So basically it's a negation of what's going on, not an affirmation of something else. It's just negating what's going on. Yeah? And so in a sense, no one can ever teach non-duality because that's our inherent nature. But you can teach duality. You can teach what you're not. You can hopefully describe what you're not so that you will see it instead of looking from it. And this is the whole point of these talks, in a way. So, the main movement of the selfing, this mental process, and it's the perceptions, the thoughts, and the memories, they're all being used to imply that you're a separate, long-lasting, independent thing. That's all it is, all day. So... This whole idea of selfing, its main motive drive is the claim. Yeah? So it doesn't have a life, so what it does, it claims the life that we make available. Yeah? And how does it do it? By claiming all the faculties that are going on and being noticed by consciousness, the thoughts, yes, the feelings, the actions, yeah? the perceptions, and it pre- produces this little heist, or a little like, it's like branding a cow at night. <laughs> you know, it sneaks in, sticks and then runs, and then in the morning, oh, that's mine. <laughs> that's my cow, my cow, my cow. So now all the thoughts are preceded by this vague feeling of being the thinker or the thought about. Yeah. So there's a vague thing. And then the feelings, which there's a lot of feelings, they're going on like a river, they're happening because we're conscious, and so things are happening to stimuli, and things are being noted all day. But the, note, the noting is claimed, the conscious content claimed, and then the my is put on it. And now it's like my thought. And it's huge difference. We used to always do this in the workshop we used to do. You put the word money here, you put the word health here, and relationships here. Everyone would, would trigger a response or a reaction, yes. If you weren't in a relationship, maybe you'd like to be in one. Or maybe you're in a relationship and you'd rather not be in one. Who knows? Okay, so then there'd be a weight to those. They have a meaning. Now, I'm going to change the meaning completely without changing the word. Just put my 
money, my health, my relationships. Totally different, isn't it? Totally, totally. That's what's happening all day. Yeah? You know, one of the greatest heists in the old days was they got into the computer systems of banks and they stole one quarter of one cent in zillions of transactions. So no one ever noticed it because it was so small. But when you added it up, it was freaking a huge amount. And this is what's happening all day. This is how we travel heavy. But the, the my adds weight to everything that it affixes to. So if there's thoughts, and let's say there's 20,000 thoughts a day, and they weigh an ounce, and now the same 20,000 thoughts, if they're held as yours, weigh half six ounces. It's going to be much heavier to walk around with those thoughts than it would just thoughts, and that's the whole point. The whole message here, as an as a applicable as a an advantage here, is that you'll travel lighter as the action figure. Yeah? If the my, which is an addition and an imaginary one, so you don't even have to extract it; you can see it. When the mind drops, you'll travel a whole lot lighter. And it doesn't promise that the geography of your life will change, but you'll be able to travel lighter mm-hmm. whatever happens in your life. And it works. I've been stabilized there for many, many years. And it's basically, you'll know the problem from the solution. Just like here in L.A., I bet you nobody was bitching about the effects of gravity today. Yeah. They would have called it a hill or the stairs or whatever, yeah. But it was gravity, yes? And uh, let's say there's people that become experts at gravity. They write lots of books and they have a lot of letters after their name and they go circuit speakers, they talk about gravity till they're blue in their face. But if all you need to know about gravity will be revealed to you if you go into an anti-gravity chain. Because you'll, have the, you'll sense the absence of its effects and then you'll know its effects. This is the whole point of the message. The relief will verify the invitation. When you, when you get relief, yeah, what will happen is there'll be almost like reverse engineering and you'll see why it seemed like there was no relief to be found. And you'll see one culprit in all of it and it's the sense of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. That is the bondage of self. It's an activity, there's no thing to be bound to, and it only can arise up to the level of seemingly so, but because you're the reality, if you're convinced it's so, it will seem to be so. And you and I are the reality. We are giving everything all the meaning it has. Yeah? We can make false evidence appear real. We can do everything without us even being aware of it. Yeah, that's what's happening all day. So, if you see the mind... So feelings, 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 my feelings, my feelings, my feelings. Totally different. Tons of songs have been written about my feelings. <laughs> my feelings, my feelings, my feelings, my feelings. All of this. This is all these things. Thoughts are going to go on. Yeah? Feelings are going to go on. As long as consciousness is available, consciousness is going to note things. Subtle things and cruder things, but it's going to note them. They're going to go on like a huge parade, and each one of them is p- being affixed with a tail. Yeah? This tail of mine. It's a slavery, really. It happens quickly or solely or insidiously, but the living of life gets forgotten and the interpretation of life replaces it. So now, you're living as if you were and you will be instead of as you are. You 
more concerned about what will happen than what's happening. And people ask, you see, when you ask someone, are you okay? No, but I will be okay. Huh? Well, yes. It's like okayness is put into time. I will be okay. Or I was once okay. How about now? No. <laughs> so, whatever. I have total faith in mind, in your mind. I don't believe you need to be beaten over the head, nor do you need intensives. And why would mind have to be mindful? <laughs> it's fucking mind. It's as mindful as anything fucking could be. <laughs> you're, in, you're incredibly mindful all day. It is not aware of it. <laughs> I'm more believer in the relaxed awareness. I don't think it needs to be focused or concentrated. I really don't. It's like sunlight. You don't want to be under concentrated sunlight, but you love to be in dispersed sunlight. I would say that's awareness. Awareness doesn't have to fixate on an object. You can just sense the space the object appears in. And then if that becomes the norm, which I believe it is, then all the mental demarcations and perforated lines all start disappearing. And then all you get is this one event. You know, day in and day out, you're incessantly on, with no thought or effort on your part. You are just awake to being awake. That's all it is. The fact is, we're all awake, but here you can seem not to be, or you can seem to be. You know? It doesn't change the fact. You're awake. <laughs> There's no freaking way you're not. You're seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. You can't be more awake than that. If you had 30 sense gates, you'd have 30 experiences all day. But I think that would just totally overrule the system. You know, just we'd just blow up. My, 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 my. There'd be so many. We'd have to put so many tails on so many fucking donkeys. My, my, my. We'd just, we'd just, that we don't just blow up. <laughs> That's a lot of branding. 20 sense gates. Oh, no. Five's more than enough. We've numbed about four of them out. We're just living up here. <laughs> <laughs> How much have you felt today? How much have you smelled today? How much have you, you know what I mean? <laughs> We're just up in this porno theater all day. <laughs> Paul does Dallas, Dallas does Paul, just on and on. You know? <laughs> you'd be bored stiff if you had someone else's head playing and you could see it as someone else's, but you've been listening to yours for 40 years. You gotta see, it ain't the system. The system is pretty boring. It's because it's about us. <laughs> that's the whole blue. We're identified as it seemingly. That's why we love to hear about it all day. <laughs> Have you had people come over and they're totally destroyed by what's not happening? It's unbelievable. I mean, Jesus Christ. I said it last night. I'd like to be a, a psychiatrist, and my specialty, specialty would be not what's not happening. <laughs> I'd only have to work one day for my whole career. I'd make all the money I ever needed because people would think they were going to get an hour session. They'd come in, start bitching about what's not happening. I'd go, That's not happening. See you next week. Mr. <laughs> what? <laughs> like 70 people I'd see before noon. I could, I could leave by two and never work again. <laughs> I mean, what actually is the answer to what's not happening? Oh, let's go over what? What are you going to go over? 
<laughs> an imaginary story. What's, what's not happening? It's not happening. Oh, thank you so fucking much. <laughs> really, because if it isn't happening, what more do you need to do? Nothing. I'll tell you, this, this, what you are wants to reveal itself through you. It does. And when it does, one of its main qualities it will always leave behind is timelessness. This is not a long, drawn-out affair. It's always available at all times, right where you are, right now, with no requirement necessary other than the ones you've made up, basically. <laughs> it is. You are, right now, what you're looking for. End of story. And you always will be what you're looking for. It's in the looking for it as something we, we're blind to what we are the seeing. We are what's looking right now. But when you use the looking for, you'll be blind to it. You're never going to find what you are. Like they said, though, you can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. You can't use big M mind to seek mind. You can't use light to seek light. If you were anything else, it would make sense to be seeking the Buddha, but not for the Buddha. Why the hell would the Buddha look for the Buddha when it's being the Buddha? I would think it has a lot more better things to be doing than looking for itself. But the point is, the being... Uh, you're not going to know yourself into being. Like Ramana Maharshi says, to know God is to be God. Yeah, that's how it is. To know God, if you actually knew God, you'd recognize you're being God. That's the only way it goes. If any time this mental state knows something, it nudes it. It makes it something that's palatable to it. Yes? They've proven it so much. Neuroscience, listen to some of it. The observation distorts the, obs the observed. Where the observation? Every time you look at something, that's something that's been altered by your looking at it. You can't escape what's happening here. But there's no need to escape what's happening here if you see it as a dream. So claiming, you can see it. If you see the heist once, you've seen the whole gang. Just one little snippet, if you've seen it. If you want a little snippet of the language, we shared it today at this A meeting. Remember I was away for a while, and I went back to New York to give a talk, and some guy came in who had seen me before, and says, hey, you, you're growing your hair. And I went, oh, yes, I'm growing my hair. I think I'm doing a good job. Looks pretty good. And he was balding. I said, hey, bro, you're not, you're not growing your hair that well. And then I said, well, here's my advice. You know, I joined a group, and we grow our hair together. It seems to go better. And so you can go on and on having pride about your hair, but you didn't do anything. You just didn't cut it. You never grew any fucking hair in your head. Yeah? But the language implies we have a lot to do with shit we have nothing to do with. All day. You're talking to yourself all day as if you're the doer. Yeah. How are you, you going to get out of that trance when you're inducing the trance all day? Follow it. The thoughts imply you have a lot to do with stuff you have nothing to do with. Constantly. This is an activity. That's why there's so many thoughts. 
it's it's seeming it's producing a seemingly so that could never be so. So it's working feverishly all day, using everything to imply that there's someone there doing it. And then it pictures you as the body that's the doer, the thinker, the habit, the historical action figure. And then the future becomes so much important than now, and the past is basically the whole definition of what we call now. I heard this message by, but you know, the person was much nicer than me up in front. You know, the loving gaze, the very slow, monotone, monotone voice, very nice. You know. And but I heard it. And it was like an unspoken yes. And it hasn't stopped echoing since. And in hindsight, it was the last answer. I haven't looked for anything other than this. And all I've been doing since is entertaining it. Because that's what we are. We're the entertaining of everything. We're entertaining this dream as if it's real. Can you imagine that power that can make false evidence appear real if you applied it to what is real? How much juice would be available? You know what I mean? If you could match your ability as this event to make things seem real, even when they're not, can you imagine if you can match that with what is real? What a power that would be. Maybe you'd be able to enjoy peace of mind now. You'd comprehend the word serenity and understand peace, you know, know, whatever. Tons of things get revealed. But you only find stuff out. You can't know them. That's the cool thing. Yeah? You're in an I don't you're in an I don't know state, and then it's revelatory because things download. Yeah, things are revealed. Yeah, and you find that you're like the artist brush, and your job is just to pick up paint and make a mark. You have no idea what's behind it. You're not the artist, yes, and so you're being used. Yeah, and in that being used, that's the greatest feeling of all for the action figure. Yeah, it's sort of like the hose truly finds itself when the water moves through it. Yeah, so you can sense the grace and the, and the spirit being through this. Yeah, not as this, but being through it. And you come and you come to you come to sense what you are. And as soon as you do, you stop looking for it from what you're not, because you are what's looking right now. You know, what needs improvement is something that changes this. But what you are does need does not need any improvement whatsoever. It's as clear and bright as it's always been. It's like an impeccable sky that whatever anything that ever happens in it never leaves a mark on it. Not one. Three hundred and sixty five days in a row of Fourth of July the explosions will not rip the sky open. The planes never run into a big chunk of sky. <laughs> the birds take a shit, it never lands on the sky, usually on your car. <laughs> when it rains, the earth gets wet, the sky doesn't. The sky, you know, the sky doesn't have a quarter. If it has a thousand clouds, it becomes a cloud. No, it doesn't do that. Everything comes and goes in it, and yet it's never touched by any of it. That's what mind is like. That's what being is like, in a sense. Yes? Yeah. So, you know, there was a. Well, that's it, I think. You want, have, you want more? Yes? <laughs> more is not better. <laughs> At least for me, you know. <laughs> it's an imitation, really. 
you don't want to beat a dead horse. I have too much respect for you, actually. It doesn't have to go on and on. More is not better, either. Time, more time isn't going to increase, isn't going to lead you to timelessness. Time is an appearance in timelessness. Yeah? This is an immediacy that you are that even before you look for it, yes. It's so... And timelessness doesn't breed effort and thought. It doesn't. It breeds a relaxation and an ease and comfort. Yeah? You lose the great need to be liberated because you realize you're not that which needs to be liberated. The selfing needs to be liberated, but self can't get out of self. But you do not. So you lose interest in a lot of stuff, but you never lose interest. The interest and the attention, instead of being directed by the mental state like a fucking howitzer, you know, trying to look for the next thing that's going to save it or whatever, yeah, it's now in a dispersed state. So you look at, a lot of times it looks like you've lost a lot of interest in things, but you haven't lost interest. The interest is now just resting, and it's the presence, really. Instead of being focused and directed by intent through selfing, it's now let to roam and just disperse, almost like you're in a field of, you know, sense-feltness, yeah? The mental state wants to take that and direct it somewhere. It wants to direct it to emphasize itself. It wants to see itself in everything it desires or everything it hates. That's what it wants to do. When that's freed from that dead preoccupation, it disperses and that's the sense of presence. You're living in that once directed intention and interest. Yeah? You're now living as it's... Yeah, it's like a field almost. And then you have enough interest and attention to meet what's at hand, but then you're just resting, it's just resting. Yes, in its own nature, nothingness. Yeah? The mental state wants to displace us by being so obsessed with yesterday and tomorrow, then you're not really here enough to sense what's happening. You're really not. Yeah? You can't marshal all that stuff up because it's not under your control. You can't stop thinking. You can't stop feeling. You can't stop doing you try to stop doing and say, I'm going to lay on a couch for 12 hours. Well, that's doing. You can't escape what's happening here. Yeah? You, we think so because we assume we're before it, so that means I should have some say, but you really don't. Yeah? So. And there's a great statement. I want to send the second sentence of the Ramana thing because it's a, it's a package deal. It goes, the presupposing of a non-existent thing wanting to get salvation for the non-existent thing. And if your spiritual practices themselves are reinforcing the non-existent thing, how can they destroy the non-existent thing? So how can you get out of an imaginary place? Another great Zen saying is, you can't use activity to produce stillness, that would be activity. So if you study two years about obsession with self, that could be seen as obsession with self. (laughs) And this act of claiming has no respect for any lineage. 
or decor or outfit or tradition. It will claim anything it comes in contact with to imply you're the one who's in contact with it. So the meditation will be used to imply the meditator. And in that state, you're never going to meditate yourself out of the meditator. Because the process of selfing is much faster than any process you can do here. It's going to claim the process before you can get the result of the process. It's going to neuter the deal before it gets home, basically. I've seen it in my own life. This was like a template that was presented to me, and I saw it exposed years and years of what I've been doing. It explained it all in that one sentence. I did not know that I was identified with that I wanted to get out of. So the way I entertained freedom was for that, or through that, instead of from it. And the from it, there isn't even it to be from. It's just an activity. It's just an implying, an assuming. And you see, it's working feverishly. You don't need 70,000 thoughts a day to navigate a day in L.A. Mm -hmm. I don't think so. I mean, I was a house painter. I needed maybe 14 thoughts to do a job. You know, usually four walls, a ceiling, some trim. Yeah, and then maybe a few thoughts of where should I eat lunch. What are the 69,880 other thoughts doing? They're being used to reinforce the idea you're the thinker. So that's his agenda. Whatever comes in contact with his claims. And you'll see it's, it's, it's brand by the sense of mind. You'll recognize it. Yeah. There'll be a whole lot more. There'll be so much meaning distributed from mind to whatever comes after mind. Relationship, money, profits, losses, everything. The mind will distort the whole package. Unbelievably so. You know what I mean? It's like living in a, in a picture that's focused and it gets more and more unfocused and you just keep adapting to it. And it's more and more insane, but you're just trying to hold it together. You know? But it's really fucking crazy. I would think the first sign was if I'm relying on a system that doesn't value now, it must be insane. The thought system values yesterday and tomorrow more than now. Because it's using now to think about yesterday and tomorrow. That, that's all you really need to know. Do you want that to lead you in a life? Because you're going to be led. You're either going to be led by spirit or by the mental state. But you're going to be led. You're a utilitarian vehicle. Yeah? Something's driving us. So... All right, thanks. Well, any questions? No, I'll wait. I'll, I'll give it a chance. Any questions? <laughs> I'm feeling compassionate today. <laughs> any questions? Remember, when there's a question, you are the answer. Already. Seriously, yeah. yeah. What's your take on free will? Free will. Oh, you just, I'm going to re read something from a great master on free will. Thank you for that. That was like a softball. He was paid. <laughs> he was paid. He's a, he's a mark. I, if it was another group, he would have gone into a trance that would have verified something's happening here. <laughs> All right. Here's this question about free will. And so, you know Raman Mahashi, a lot of you? Very famous. If you don't, it's good to get introduced to him. I think he's something else. So here he goes. And they call him Bhagavan. This is like a 
This is like a question and answer thing. So the guy goes, free will of, so the guy goes, has man, in, oh, this is really great. Let me read it for <laughs> Because the guy, it's just like us. The, there's an American here. And it's just like what we do. So he goes here. <laughs> so he goes, all the, at, uh, yes, all the activities that the body is to go through are determined when it first comes into existence, which appearance, really, yeah. in mind. There isn't mind and body, there's body and mind, right? Mind's dreaming, body. There isn't, the mind isn't in body, body's in mind. So get the horse in front of the cart. Don't have the cart in front of the horse, you're not going to go anywhere. All right? (laughs) All right, all the activities that the body is to go through are determined when it first comes into existence. It does not... Test, it does not rest with you to accept oh wait a minute it does not rest with you to accept or reject them this is how it is yeah. the only freedom you have is to turn your mind inward and renounce activities yes. and how do you renounce activities by renouncing the doer and how do you renounce the doer is by seeing you're not that's basically it yeah you don't have to renounce all activities just renounce the one that's doing the activities it's much easier like this. You know what I mean? Instead of chopping millions of bushes that came from one, one tree, just chop the tree and there'll be no more bushes. Yeah? We have a story. This is, you have time? You want a few minutes? All right. I use it in recovery. It's my pooper scooper story. <laughs> so here's a guy. He's got a really beautiful house in the backyard and uh, really gorgeous. And he has like a lawn bowling tournaments and he has, they hold marriages there and they play croquet, has a lot, a lot of picnics and he loves his backyard. So every day he jumps off the, the porch without shoes and with his bare feet and he runs in the morning dew and he just loves it. So then one day he goes out and he's going to do his regular thing and he jumps and he lands into some shit, you know. So he goes, immediately his life has to adapt, which is, he goes on the porch, cleans off, and he wears shoes from now on. This is how, what happens. Yeah. So now, then he starts walking around the lawn, and he starts seeing a lot of shit all over the place. And it's smelling bad. And he's got a lawn tournament this weekend, yeah? So what does he do? Like most of us, he just tries to deny it, goes into his house for a few hours, drinks some coffee, goes back out and there's more shit. So he's got to call up, cancel the thing, yeah? So now he's got a problem. So he doesn't know what to do with it and there's more and more shit happening. So he just closes the shades and he buys some pictures of lawns and he sits around (laughs) reminiscing how great it was to have a lawn in my life. And then somehow, some other people have the same problem, they get in touch and they start holding meetings, yeah? And they're all bitching about, oh yeah, I once had a lawn and you know, it's all the shit and I can't freaking, can't even walk around without anything and someone gets an idea. Hey, listen, a pooper scooper, yeah? But you get a pooper scoop and you get good enough you get the shit up for a while at least you'll have a six by two you know, piece of lawn for a couple hours like a virgin piece. Maybe you can even lay down. So, all right, so where do we get the pooper scoopers? Oh, my friend Bill has them, so he stopped buying pooper scoopers. This one guy buys them, and he gets two of them, and he gets soft, get really good. Picking up a lot of shit fast. He's reclaiming his thing temporarily. And the word gets around at the meeting. Hey, Bill, Bill's like a master pooper scooper. So they go, okay, there's a lot of chapters of all people suffering from the same problem. So he gets called to come and speak to different groups. So he goes to conventions and he gets his own pooper scooper model. 
Yeah? And he starts signing it, and he's selling pooper scoopers like crazy. He's got a jacket with, you know, the pooper scooper man, whatever there. And he's got a, it's not big, it's his whole life now. He has a solution to the shit. Yeah? Seemingly. And then someone comes over and says, hey, bro, I've heard you have a problem. He goes, what problem? I don't have a problem. He says, all right, well, if you, if you want to know, find the dog. And then he walks out, the other guy. Yeah? Now, you would think that you, that guy, the pooper scooper master, would rush to this solution. But he's invested. His head is invested. He thinks he has an answer to the problem. And it's his whole life. He's a circuit speaker. He's written books and everything, you know. So he's like, not, you would think, oh, fuck. What a great answer. No, 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 no. Because, but if you found the dog, got rid of the dog, there'd go the shit. See, the situation is, we're the dog. You can't imagine getting rid of yourself. But you can't. As long as you're identified, you can't. But if you saw it as something other than you, you'd get rid of that dog like that. And then what would happen? You wouldn't. You maybe honor the poopers scoopers, but the best honoring is you never need to use them again. You know what I mean? And give goodwill your jackets and shit like that. <laughs> you see, the mental state. If you take an event like a snake molting its skin, which happens every year. Now the snake does not do it, obviously. Yeah, it just happens to the snake. So in, we're going to look at it from two points of view. From the mental state's point of view, like the selfing's point of view, it's the skin. But it believes the skin implies that it's the whole snake. Yeah? So it senses the molting, and it's a huge threat because the snake's going to continue when the skin falls off, and that would totally destroy its whole story that it's the snake. Yeah? So it sees this as Armageddon, so it's saying to the snake, it jacks it into the little snake brain, which is what happens, and it says, buy a lot of moisturizer, stay out of the noonday sun, watch out for that rock, you know, don't cut the skin, you know, don't want anything to happen to the skin. But from the snake's point of view, it's hallelujah, because when the old skin falls off, the new skin's going to be brighter and shinier, it'll attract female snakes, you'll travel lighter, yes? So it's a big, huge win-win for the snake, but we're being, we're, one is a silent aha, which is the snake, and we're listening usually to the skin's point of view. It's saying, if you let go, you're going to die. It's mistaking itself as you. You're going to thrive. It's all that simple. It's just a miss, it's a, it's a, a recalculating. Instead of seeing, instead of looking from that which you're not, you'll be seeing its production. And it can go no further but to imply. It cannot produce the goods. You can only do that, seemingly. Yes? You have to believe the advertising to become the product. Yes, so. Did that answer the free will? No, I think I got off on the team. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I want to go to this English guy, an American. This is great, because he goes, and only, uh, so he goes, are only the important things in a man's life, such as his main occupation or profession, predetermined? He's hoping. <laughs> is it only that? And the guy, or, or are the trifling acts also such as taking a cup of water or moving from one part of the room to the other? And then the master goes, everything is predetermined, right? So then another guy goes, well, then what responsibility, what free will has man? 
Bhagavan says, why, why does the body come into existence? It is designed for the various things that are marked out for it in this life. In other words, you have a seed assignment, yes? Your mother, this and that. That's what happens. You have a seed assignment, and you have the ability to fulfill the seed assignment. As for freedom, a man is always free. This is beautiful. A man is always free not to identify himself with the body. So you're always free to do that because it's not a doing. It's a being. You are inherently always free from the identifying as a body. There's no doing involved in it. It's recognizing what is actually so. You have never been a body. So there's no need to get disidentified with it. You've never really been identified with it. There's just the act of implying it, suggesting it, assuming it, presupposing it, but never doing it. Yeah? So as for freedom, a man is always free to identify himself with the body and not Oh, to not identify self with the body and not be affected by the pleasures and pains consequent on its activities. Has man any free will or is everything in his life predetermined? Again, see the person, no one ever gets it. This could go on for hours. One person answers, he answers, no, no, every day. So it goes, free will exists together with the individuality. So when people ask me about free will, I said, hey, if you feel like you have free will, exert it. Do the next right thing. Because it's totally, totally engaged with the individuality. Without free will, there'd be no case to be an individual. If the actions that you think are yours weren't yours, whose life would it be anyway? The whole story of self depends on you being the doer and you having a choice that you could have done something else. Or it would be revealed that you're in a very powerless state in a sense. Here, again... Free will exists together with the individuality, not together. They arise at the same time. When there's a sense of being a long-lasting independent entity, there has to be a sense of free will, because that's what's going to reinforce the idea that you're a long-lasting independent separate entity. That's how it goes. So if you feel, and some people, they're they're in that condition of being a body, and then they hear this message, non-duality, and now they're walking around like, I have no free will. But the fact is, they totally believe they have free will. And it gets to such a point, they're trying to be a non-self, but as a self. They're trying to acquire non-duality. Yeah, hold on, let me just finish this. So, so it goes, find out who is it who has free will or predetermination and abide in that state, basically. So when something's happening, let's say you're worrying about next week, you could ask yourself the question, well, who's worrying about next week? And if it isn't you, you'll lose interest in the worrying about next week because it's only based that it's about you next week. Yes? Would you say that supposers, which were not, has some sort of free will? He thinks it does, so exert it. I don't care, really. But I know if you feel like you have it, do the next right thing. I mean, suppose they're not not, not first. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah, the yeah. framework of what we think we are. Yeah, yeah. But whatever is doing... Well, he says you have the freedom to not be identified as a body. So that could be a choice if you want to look at it. Yeah? But that's a choice that's already been made. You're not a body. So is it a choice? 
Yeah? Yeah. The beautiful thing about this message is that it's already so. You see? The whole point is just to deny that that which can be denied, and in that denial of that which can be denied, there's the actual affirming of what is, which is what we are. So by seeing what you're not, right, that's what you are. You're the seeing of what you're not. You're not going to capture yourself as an image or a thing. You're not. You're being. You're no thingness. You can't, it's sort of like the story we used last night. You can go to the Colorado River and put a cup in there and go home and think you have the Colorado River, but right then all you have is a glass of water. You've lost the essence of the river, which is rivering. Yeah? It's not flowing. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you can, you can study and try to know what you are, but the knowing of what you are nudes it. You, you are now under glass. And all the while, that which is knowing what you are cannot be known because you're being it. You can't escape the fact that you are it. You can't navigate to a place when you can have an experience of it. Because that would assume you're something other than it, and you're not. This is not an experience. If you want spiritual spectacle, it's not in this venue. This is really about getting nothing, and then after a period of time, or maybe immediately, you realize that nothing is everything. That all the somethings are going to lead to nothing anyway, so you might as well just go right to nothing. And you are what you're looking for. You can save yourself a lot of time. Sometimes there's a, a, a... an awareness of conditioning and behaviors and uh, attitudes and uh, particular position uh, and that's always in the phenomenal sense when other times it seems like there's uh, nothing, just stillness and maybe just something like electricity present yeah Nothing else uh, is, I mean, uh, maybe a thought goes by, but even they slow down to where they're not around anymore. Yeah. And there's a, a, a recognition that life is present in that moment. Uh, and in, you know, it probably answers your question. Yeah. <laughs> right there and, and there, there's no concern about the conditioning and the habits and the behaviors and the attitudes, right? No. Um, one comes and goes, the other's always there. Right, but the awareness of the behaviors and the phenomenal things seem to um, take the attention and focus it away. And then, and then there's... From who do they take the attention away from? Attention moves? Yeah, but it's... But so where's the problem? Exactly. <laughs> if it moves and you think it's you, then that's the problem. You are the the spawner of problems. You, most problems are preceded by you. <laughs> you are you are giving birth to them all day, <laughs> and then they're your baby by calling them my problems. <laughs> then that's a big problem. <laughs> The biggest problem is the one who thinks they have problems. That's the biggest problem that's getting unnoticed. <laughs> By all the having of problems, you miss the one that's having all the problems. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like Dracula will go out on vampire hunts and kill all the vampires to protect its little identity of being the, the head vampire. Yeah. <laughs> The mental state is replicates and duplicates. If you had one little snippet of this example, you could just duplicate it on and on and on. All it does is changes degrees, sizes, and nouns. Yeah, it's the same thing all day. Seriously. It just gives some are bigger, smaller, and then different nouns. Yeah? <laughs> Instead of Bill and Ju- Jewel who are in trouble, it's Mary and Steve. So you think it's different. It's the same thing. All this mental state's doing is redoing. It's rehashing, rethinking, refeeling, resenting. Means do again, do again, do again. So it's doing nothing again and again and again and again and again and again. Yes. In fact, nothing ever happened. Everything is happening, but nothing's ever happened. This is truly dreaming. It never stops to become anything. It's just being. Dreaming, 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 dreaming. We're all verbing all the time. No <coughs> nouns. No nouns. As soon as there's a noun, it gives directions to everything else. As soon as you take a position, everything that you notice from there on has a meaning based on the position. So everything we call it self-centeredness. So self-centeredness is that you see everything as how it pertains to you. That's self-centeredness. Once you take the position, everything that's happening is now given direction. It's happening to you. Or something you want is not happening to you, or something you don't want is happening to you. That's the whole story. It cannot take off unless the fixed position is taken. If it's not taken, then everything is just happening. If the fixed position is in place, then everything is happening to me. That's why I don't If you're interested, just listen to Zen Bishlap. That's what we do. We put tons of content on to repeat these ideas because you'll get it, yeah? And you'll travel lighter. And once you try, start traveling lighter, you realize that's, that's what you really wanted. You had different exotic names for it, like enlightenment, but really you just want to feel an ease and comfort in your skin now and in the circumstances and situations you find yourself. You're not going to find an ease, ease and comfort all the circumstances and situations you can think that you could be in. You're never going to do that. But I mean, the ones you are actually in, you can have a basis of ease and comfort. Yeah? It's, a, it's available. It's a, it's a stock version that you can plug into. Really, but not as self. Self is going to fucking complex it all out. Yeah? And then stretch it. But am I happy today? What will I be tomorrow? Do you know what Oh, I'm feeling peace, but will I be feeling it tomorrow? There goes the peace. You see? Look at what, at these groups, look at what the word enlightenment has been used for. The word enlightenment means the cessation of all suffering. Yet people at spiritual groups right now, tonight, at other places in L.A., are using the word enlightenment to drive them fucking selves crazy. I'm not at, when am I going to be enlightened? And the worst thing is someone else in the room is enlightened. Or supposedly, oh, how is that guy enlightened? I was in the temple longer than him. Oh, you know what I mean? It's driving people crazy. And then awakening. I wish no one had ever heard of that freaking thing. You know, they, my, they need a, like an awakening meter. All right, let's check my awakening. I got a big one. But someone's got a bigger one. I got to awake more. 
It's like epiphany. You ever have epiphanies? You know, you no one's ever had an epiphany. That was a trick question. <laughs> epiphany is like an event. Something intervenes on the linear story. You know, yourself thing gets interrupted, and there's a beautiful space room. And I guarantee, if you've ever been in one, I bet you this is what happens when it seems to end. There's a recognition by the mental state, and it goes, I'm having an epiphany, and there goes the epiphany. As soon as you show up, the epiphany is gone. You've got to put two and two together. <laughs> I swear to God, the minute you show up, I have to, there goes the epiphany. And then what you're left with is this nude thing, so you call up the 800 epiphany number, and I had, it lasted eight hours, I think I was on the eighth level of epiphanies, and then, had did have anyone else reported any bigger trip? No, um, the most, of, the greatest epiphany you have in this week. You know what I mean? Or like you, you put it on your spiritual mantle, like a, a big game animal you shot in Africa. Oh, that's an epiphany I had in Bali under the waterfall, and it was witnessed by two people. So <laughs> I, I had it. <laughs> this is what it does. It has no respect for anything. It's going to claim whatever it comes in contact with. Get to know it because that's what, the parasite is going to be parasitical. It doesn't have a life. It's going to claim the one we're offering. That's just the way it is. Yes? So if there's no self, and this is all a dream, what responsibility do you think we have in a situation of injustice? Well, you'll find out when you're in that situation. I would say it's more accountability in some respect. The funny thing is, most of my life using drugs was to avoid responsibility. When I realized I wasn't responsible, I became incredibly accountable. I made all the amends I needed to make. It's weird how it worked. When I saw it wasn't me that did all that act, I was willing to clean it up. But what was me, it was too much pride, I was too busy trying to save my face that I was losing my ass. Because I thought my face was my ass, really. The image my head had. I did. So I was going to try to save my face, and I didn't want to face up to the shit I did, because it was too embarrassing. To the face. Once I realized I wasn't that face, I was willing to show up and make amends to the best of my ability. So it's weird. I'm more responsible now when I realize I'm not responsible. I don't know how it works. And you also, I, you're more of an individual when you're not one. Seriously. And you don't get chipped. You feel fucking everything. I mean, thousands of sensations. Yeah. Yeah. Yes? Would you talk a little bit about having a life versus, you know, being part of life? Being what? Being part of life. A part of life. life. Oh, yeah. Because I feel like... um, it used to be something they used to how your life has been. I really don't have a life on this part of life. I have it. I don't have yes, it. yes. I mean, that would go a little bit loud. We could talk more about it. Well, it's, see, you know, to speak on the level of action figure, I believe there are high points the action figure can get to. And to me, one of the highest ones is surrender. Yeah, where thy will be done. Yeah, and for me, it wasn't out of virtue. It was totally pragmatic. I realized quickly by how I was living, I wasn't managerial quality. Because when I managed my life, I always ended up having to be managed by other people. That's what happened. So I have a real sense as an experience, as an action figure, of being led 
for a period of time by the mental state, and now being led in the course, they would call it the Holy Spirit, but in the big AA, it's the higher power. But I feel like I'm being led. Yes? I'm being directed. And that works the best for the action figure. And then the best thing I can do as an action figure is really just hold the space for what's going on. Yeah? Yeah, and I don't believe acceptance is an effort, it's a byproduct. When the mind shifts to a certain point, acceptance becomes very easy. You, you learn how to fit yourself around circumstances instead of trying to fit them around you. All those things, I think, are effects. They're not things you do or achieve, but you express. Yeah? So we're under, to me, I believe we're under, as an action figure, we're constantly, we're not changing, we're being changed. Yeah? And I would like to have, and the importance is what's directing the change. Not so much as if you're not going to be changed, you're going to be. But the important thing is what's going to direct the change. And so for me, the action figure has a way of life called AA. And in that way of life, the principles of AA are like a north star that the action figure can follow. And I have God rails, GOD rails. I keep the action figure sort of at bay because I was crazy. I mean, this was crazy. I mean, I, not too many people get run over twice in one night. Not too many people have to go away for two, two years and three months. Not that many people have overdosed and died many, many times. This isn't... Something was off in me. So what I find is a lot of belongings we have are incredibly spot on, but what's directing it is the problem. The mental state misdirects our longings and fucking uses it for its own advantage. So it makes what we hope that would set us free, like a spiritual practice, as another form of slavery. Yeah. So I feel as an action figure, as an experience, because this is the level of experience that I'm being directed. And to me, my job here is I, like I'm a hose and water comes through. I never prepare for any talk. And the only reason why I keep showing up at every meeting is I actually never show up. Because if I took my conditions in consideration, I would have canceled this meeting. I could come up with tons of things to say I shouldn't be doing this. I was not nice to someone maybe four hours ago, whatever. Yeah. But all I did was show up, and I was willing to show up, and then something moves through. And after a while, that moving through constantly, it intimates itself to the hose. So the hose feels that presence. It can't know it, but it senses it. And um, to me, it's the highest form of the hose is to be used to, you know, direct water. So, to me, that's how I feel about it. Yeah? So, yeah. So, I am definitely a part of... Yeah. Yeah. Yes? Do you see a value in the process of inventorying the self? I do. But the greatest thing about inventory is when you don't need to do anymore. Yeah? Yeah, the greatest thing about a tool is when you can put it away. That's why I'm feeling. Like, I used to run into people when I was in AA, when I was first leading workshops, and they would be saying, they were like a cult in a way. All they did was write about fears all day. And they would say, you have to write about fears. But I said, well, how about outgrowing fears? I'd rather not have to write about something. If it's absent, why would I want to write about it? That's sort of what I like. I like freedom. And I like freedom from AA. Doesn't mean you leave AA. <clears throat> I'm, I like freedom from tools. Doesn't mean you don't honor the tools. Yeah. I'm like a, you know, for me, it's like free range 
alcoholic. I've been freed a day at a time, and it's only a living freedom. It's not, I was freed, it's freeing. And I've come to almost expect it, I have faith in it. And so this thing has now become docile because it's been, it's got the right shepherd now, so to speak. (laughs) The mental state is not running the show. So, (laughs) so let's. I mean, it is great for the body when it's not seen as the center universe all day. The mental state is like a huge magnifying glass, and you cannot be the object of its fucking surveillance. You'll just produce mutations of neuroses, and you'll be fucking crazy. (laughs) You're not meant to be the center. You're not all there is to think about, really. (laughs) And I was telling you, like this guy said, this master said, you know, all your, about 99.9 of all the thoughts you ever have about you are about something you're not. Yeah? To me, that's how I feel. There's a, a lot of thinking. Let's say in your life you thought about your kids and this and that. Let's say you've thought about your kids, 10,000 thoughts. But then, and you have the graphs, and let's say you're significant other, and then suddenly they'd be one like this, you. 800 zillion thoughts. <laughs> whoa, wait a minute. You know, whoa. Yes, that's a little, that's a little bit too much. You know what I mean? It's going to mutate some weird perversities. And, you have, and you're seeing them out here. <laughs> Sometimes we're getting stranger and stranger. You know, really. It's, it's, almost, it's really fucking scary. And then the wedding with technology is going to be like the bride of Frankenstein. <laughs> People just selfie all day, <laughs> changing their profile picture every half hour. I mean, jeez, take a little break. <laughs> People will just have a that one of those selfie poles and just have them every day. They'll have the GoPro on them all day. Oh, I'm going. I'm getting a sesame bagel. Should I get a poppy? Who gives a fuck? <laughs> Eat something quick. Turn off the camera. <laughs> I mean, it's getting crazy, isn't it? It's like it's going up its own ass. <laughs> and then, you know, a divine proctologist won't be able to pull you out. You'll be so Jesus Christ. It's scary in a way. The selfing is wedding with technology, for sure, the mental state. It's spawning a lot of bastards. It really is. Watch it here. It's all dreaming, but check the dream out. If you think this is real, if this was a real place, we would evolve higher than what we seem to be now. I mean, you have to see, this is the biggest fiction of all fictions. Yeah. <coughs> We, you know, because in this dream, we think we have one at night, yeah? And then we wake up, but that's in the bigger context of the awake dream. We're not quite aware of that. We're aware, and what's great is, it throws us off the scent, because we think we have a dream at night, so obviously you can't be dreaming if I have a dream, but you're in a bigger dream, yeah? Yeah. I've kind of wondered whether lucid dreaming would give one uh, insight into uh, 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 the, the, the history of awakening. Well, of course. Yeah. But, but let's have lucid dreaming now. Yeah. <laughs> so why would you want to apply lucid dreaming just when you're sleeping when the awake dream seems to have a lot more time? How about some lucid dreaming now? Like being awake to being awake. 
<laughs> Why would you want to have it for just one hour? <laughs> I'm lucid when I'm asleep. That's great. But then the rest of the day, I'm out, out to lunch. You know? But I can't wait to go home and sleep. I'm so clear then. <laughs> I think, you know, let's expand the possibility. <laughs> and the beautiful thing, you're inherently awake. It can only seem to be so or not so to you, but it's not changing the fact. Your whole, cons- your whole base of your life is consciousness. No thought or effort. You're not doing it. You're being it. Yeah. Why would you think thought and effort is going to bring you back to that which shows no thought or effort? To me, it's insane to try to make finding what you are a practice or a process. All right, that's it, I think. Yes, I guess. Thank you.